0: Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One.
1: What's up, guys? This is Max here, and I'm really excited to invite you to watch my Color Vision Deluxe Experience live concert on Live by Live this February. It's it's going to be brilliant. We're playing Blueberry Eyes, Lights Down Low, Love Me Less, all the songs off my album. I hope you can join us. Tickets at livexlive.com/slash/max, and I'll see you February 27th only on Live by Live. Well, we talk about Matt driving the new Bugatti, Pure Sport. It's incredible. We'll get into the uh, update on the uh, T50 Gordon Murray supercar, and we'll talk a little about a uh, race car we've been keeping an eye on, a vet, on uh, bring a trailer. First, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own, do you rent? Well, you do one or the other. Come on now. That's what you do with your home. Then you got your automotive insurance. So you got a bundle, man. Take those policies. Geico makes it easy. Take your homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. So you just go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could be saving because Geico makes it easy to bundle at geico.com. <laughs> To get on get welcome to CarCast. Adam Carolla. That's Matt, the moderator. DeAndrea, over there. What's going on? How are you? I'm well. Are you driving that uh, VW yeah. Uh, SUV? Yeah,
0: I see the VW Atlas. Yeah, I just I just got it like this morning though, so I haven't really spent too much time in it. But I do like the color. It's like a green. It's like a dark green. Yeah, it looks color, good. Right? Yeah. What's the sticker on that I thing? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I have I I, I I just got it uh, we just swapped it out and um, I didn't see the Monroney in there so I got to go back to them and get all the specs and stuff in it but uh,
1: let's take a guess good. at what the base is on that thing. I,
0: I you know, the one I'm even driving it's not it's not outfitted with like a ton of options, no sunroof and all that stuff. I it's probably starts in the high 30s and probably goes to 48ish. You I'd know, say
1: it starts in the low forties. Yeah, uh, well, I I was thinking even higher, but I'm not sure. What's the, uh, a,
2: MSRP? Uh, is thirty one five for the, the Atlas? Atlas? Yeah. Twenty twenty one Volkswagen Atlas MSRP from thirty one five.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: then they it's, must offer some kind of like one point nine liter four banger, but or it's something. A, it's, yes, it's big,
0: and it, it's a big SUV. Because the Tiguan is, is the smaller one and the Atlas is big. And this isn't like whatever, like the Atlas R model or something that I'm driving. But uh, I had a feeling it would be in the 30s. I didn't think it would be 31,000. I thought it would be – it just seemed like it would have been important for VW to have a 3 in front of it.
1: The 31 Yeah, so that's be the, the S
2: configuration. Then the SE will be about 35. And then the SE with technology is 37.
1: Wow, it's a low base. Is it, does that thing have a four banger in it? In the, I,
2: it's
0: here's, it's a weird thing Is it's, it's not fast, but it's not slow because I just got out of this little Lexus hybrid uh, SUV and it was surprisingly slow. So this feels peppier, <laughs> but, but not, it's, it's, You know, it's not catching your attention. It just feels like it's okay for the size of the vehicle.
1: The S is a two-liter four-cylinder with the two thirty-five. Must have a turbo on there. Yeah. Oh, probably has a turbo on there. But is there V six at the top of the line? Because it's still. It seems like they got to have a V
0: six option. And this feels like the one I'm driving. Maybe has the six. mm Hmm. You know, but also you gotta keep in mind. It's like I, I think VW. I think Tanner Faust, right? Because Tanner's racing a lot of VW stuff, mm-hmm. and he drives an at- Atlas. And I think he did some crazy video with one of these,
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm. um,
0: if I recall. I could be wrong, and that sort of implied to me that there's like an R line or an R model or or some version of the Atlas. Yeah, or it goes something.
1: goes up to V6 at forty two k. Well, so now we're getting a little. Closer to yeah. where I was thinking about, so I the thing looked so big, I didn't think it had a four banger in it. So I was always yeah. in kind of V six mode, maybe V six, even a V eight. Although I don't, I don't know if VW well, does a V eight, but
2: V six is the is the highest I'm seeing.
1: <clears throat> right, and that's at 42 k. Yeah, it seems a little. What was the horsepower of that normal. one?
2: The V six? Do you know? Well, the, they they oh, we lost. Yeah, I can't. hear Premium me. edition. The, oh. the just the regular one. Has uh 276 horsepower. Okay, so what is it like a 50 40 horsepower jump? Actually, they mm. all yeah. I'm looking at all the other ones. Yeah, they're, it's all 276. So
0: this one here doesn't have a lot of it, like no sunroof. It has a power seat, but minimum, you know. And there's no like power seat memory. Mm-hmm. So, but it has a car play in the touchscreen. Uh, so I I I if this is the V6, it's a base V6. If it's not a V6, then it's kind of a middle of the line you know, four-cylinder engine. If it's the four-cylinder, then it's actually quick for the four-cylinder. And then the V6, I can see being a little peppier. So I'll have to go back and find out. I, I, the first time I drove it was here <laughs> this morning.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming the four has a turbo, Max Paddle, tell us. Because I am old enough to remember when the highest horsepower per liter car was the Honda 2000. Yeah, 240. 240. This is naturally aspirated. Yeah. You know, 120 per liter. And then I think that got beat out by the Ferrari 360, which, I don't know, had th- 396 or something. It had a little bit more per yeah. per liter. But uh, if that is...
2: Yeah, turbocharged oh, four yeah. cylinder
1: Okay. All right. This, so the thing is, is really... You're getting a horsepower bump, but I, I think with the V6, you're probably buying the torque. The torque, yeah. Yeah, that's what you want out of yeah. the configuration. Which
0: is interesting because, um, you know, I can get into the Lexus more, but I drove this Lexus, the NX300H, which is their small SUV hybrid. And it was a little off-putting. I mean, I like the Lexus. It's a great quality brand. Um, I'm a fan of their vehicles. Their touchpad is a little wonky. Uh and I drove that bright blue. That was kind of nice. Um, but even for the hybrid, it just felt like it needed a lot of throttle just to get it going. You know, mm-hmm. it, And you're thinking, oh, maybe that electric motor kicks in
2: mm-hmm.
0: and gives you that zero to 30, just that little bite mm-hmm. off the line. And it just didn't have that at all. And easing into the throttle didn't seem to move the vehicle at all. Like you really had to push it down. Um, and it's just weird. It's just like... Then I started to, to drive it and kind of hypermile it, mm-hmm. and I struggled to get 25 miles per gallon. I hit the 25, but mm-hmm. I was floating around the 24s, and I mm-hmm. just kind of feel like a modern-day hybrid like that with Toyota's technology um, might be doing a little better or would have been a little quicker and in, in, in sacrifice some of the miles per gallon. It just didn't seem like a it was a win to me. But if that's not what you're looking for, then it's a fantastic SUV, but it, and it's a regular hybrid. It's not a plug-in hybrid. But I think my mom's Rav Four hybrid that we got mm-hmm. for that felt quicker to me. Mm-hmm. And I think the NX is sort of the fancy version of that, right? So I guess I got to really look at the compare the two vehicles and see why this one wasn't really performing the way I thought it. Was All right,
1: we'll do, do your fifteen-second Dodge And uh, Maxipata. You can bring up bring a trailer because there's a car we're following. Oh uh, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, Dodge, uh, you guys have heard this before, is ranked number one in initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive today.
2: What are you looking for? So
1: um, there was a car that was at uh, Fantasy Junction, which was a Pratt & Miller vet that uh, had some Lama experience and uh won its class at Sebring in Daytona. It was two thousand and fourteen. But I was like I said it on the show. I think they were trying to get like seven ninety five mm-hmm. for it or somewhere around eight, somewhere in the eight department for it. I said, I think that's a good buy if you're looking for something modern and um you want a modern day well, I don't know what you want, but you want something with some International experience, some Lamar experience, some uh, Sebring experience, uh, wins, some Daytona stuff. Uh, this is a car to get and sit on because I think it'll, I think it'll be a good investment. Yeah. Um, I guess it was about eight. It's about four twenty-five now with five days left. I don't know. We should make some uh, predictions.
0: Yeah, I let me just say this about as now, much as
1: I love it. I should say, sorry for cutting off that it it sat at fantasy junction for 4 months at 795 and there was no purchase right so arguably it wasn't
0: getting you know maybe there was offers who knows but obviously below that i as much as i love bringing a trailer i feel like the headline instead of being 2014 chevrolet corvette c7rgt factory race car by pratt and miller should be c7rgt race car sebring and daytona winner yeah I'd right put
1: sebring and daytona winner i feel like up that's front. more
0: important than the pratt and miller part we can figure that out in the right. text like, right what just go with the wins i think i think the wins are more important <laughs>
1: yeah I, I i would put that uh front and center i agree um so you know the, the the interesting thing here will be we'll see if uh, bring a trailer can do better than an established car website where it's that's been around for forty years where it's been you know featured for several months.
0: Right, and the fantasy junction was what seven ninety eight. You said seven ninety something. Seven. My
1: recollection, and we could check the tape, or somebody could check the tape, but we were talking about this car about. Uh, six eight weeks ago and i was saying i i like it i i think this is a good value purchase uh not to flip it but if you you want to sit on it again it's 2014 so you go well that's not old yeah but i was buying cars from the 80s and 90s that people didn't think were old at the time and now they're 35 years old you know what i mean
0: right is this this is being sold by the dealer this is a dealer listing from Emeryville, right. California. Right, so, right. So they're listing it. So
1: mid December is what Maxipata said. uh All right. So man.
0: we're if we had a guess, we're guessing somewhere between the current bid of four twenty five and the the listing that you recalled at just about eight hundred,
1: right? Well, <laughs> I, I recalled about eight hundred. um it could, Maybe it was like seven eighty five or something, something like that. It may have been right up against uh, eight, but the thing that's kind of interesting about it is everyone is always trying to kind of figure out the algorithm of bring a trailer and things vary from car to car, Mm -hmm. but they're still rhythms. You know what I mean? Like we were looking at the Lambo 400 last week and that thing was sitting at 225 or something like that with about five days out and then it popped and then it ended up doubling that number. Maybe ended up going for like 287 or something like that. So to me, because I'm very rhythm oriented, I try to look at cars and go, what number is it at seven days out or five days out? Like what what's it yeah. at? And can we count on that number doubling or is there any kind of rhythm that we can assign to it? Yeah. I think that a car like this five days out already at 425, which is respectable. I think the rhythm is, is it can double. I don't think it doubles two days out, but at five days out, I think at five days to a week out, I think these kind of numbers can, can double.
0: This is this is a tough one, like you say, because there's not a lot of comps and like you know, we saw we saw that nice Aston Martin at RM some years ago uh that did very well, beat the estimate by by a significant. That was in the high sixes. Yeah. Um and that was maybe something like 200,000 more than the estimate. Although it was no, maybe it was a no-reserve car. I just remember I we looked at it and we
1: went, ooh, that's a cool car. It's yeah. no-reserve. Yeah. It's got a weird story. That thing could fall through the cracks. Let's yeah, keep an it, eye it on it. Not.
0: It did not fall through the cracks because yeah. I think the estimate had like a four in front of it. And then, yeah. uh, so I, I, I think you and I are going to think a little differently on this car. I think this thing sells for in the sixes and it's such a wide margin i couldn't say for sure so i'm going to just shoot right in the middle and say 650,000
1: i'm going to just pop it by uh by 100 grand and go with 750 i'm just rooting for it cuz uh, like i said any race cars good and uh, anything with daytona and you know sebring and le mans history i'm always rooting for so um i'm going to i'm going to go with uh i'm going to go with 750 or above um all
0: right, make note. Somebody write that down. Where are we going to be in 5 days.
1: <laughs> oh, 950 is what it was offered for according to uh, Max Bado. Okay.
0: They um, wanted 950. Yeah, every
2: yeah. article is saying that uh, Fancy Junction was selling it for 950. Okay. Well, they were asking too much.
1: <laughs> well, evidently, but we shall see. Yeah. What it ends up uh, going for.
0: Yeah. Now we don't know it's going to sell. We we don't know if it's a reserve car or not. Right? And um, I don't know if it says it on the listing. I, yeah. re- I don't recall if they say reserve or not, but I don't think so.
1: It's got a Recaro racing seat. Oh, well, that's nice. It's got to be worth something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's got one of those Bosch digital displays you don't know how to work.
1: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> when they deliver it to you, is it going to be in pit mode? Or <laughs> track mode? Or track
1: mode.
2: Yeah, uh, my favorite cool part car, of that
1: exchange asking. is when the guy said to me, you had it in pit mode. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like I touched it. <laughs> like I went, like I put my hand up and started uh, scrolling through displays with a toggle button or something on it. Like I didn't get near that stupid thing. Yeah. You guys left it in pit mode is how it would be more accurately described, I, I would say. That, by the way, that little exchange could be – uh, distilled down to every facet of, of life, which is the guy responsible for leaving it in pit mode when I pulled in after practice and said, there's no information on this thing. I got like oil temp and uh, amps, yeah, but I got no RPM or speed or gear. He's like, oh, because you had it in pit mode. See, that's a very interesting thing. That's kind of my adult life. Yeah. I had it in ha- mode? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Let's do a little internalizing <laughs> here, fella. You, who are on the crew, yeah. left it. He could have just said, from track oh, mode it was in to- pit mode. <laughs> yes. And then everyone's off the hook. Yes. <laughs> you got it from track mode. You put it in pit mode, and then you forgot to put it back to track mode that could be a learning experience. I would argue you had it in track, you had it in pit mode. It's not really a learning experience for the crew members.
0: Yeah. Right. He could have said, Oh, it was in pit mode because, you know, Claudio likes to switch it over on the way out. You know, like he likes to control it. Right. You know, like, I don't know. seems a little,
1: (laughs) no, it's look. it's the easiest thing in the world. Everyone who drives the car knows how to, knows knows what to do. You, you know what I mean? Um, Tony, um, or sorry, uh, Danny, who am I trying to think of? Um, uh, Tommy. Tommy, sorry. Tommy Tony, Danny, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Dreesy. Tommy Dracy probably just does it himself when he pulls out yeah, onto the, yeah, the, yeah, the sure. track. Audio so does. they're kind of used to putting it yeah. in pit mode and then just going, go out there. Because the driver switches it, right? But they didn't figure out the part where I've never driven the car before. <laughs>
0: well, kind of seemed like it'd be a theme for the day, but <laughs> 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 maybe they figured it out. I was looking at the specs on that car, and it has the X uh, Track, X Track, X uh, sequential transmission in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the X Track sequential transmission, and that stood out to me because I don't know if you saw. This this news that just came out yesterday, but um, Gordon Murray's T fifty supercar with the fan on it, mm-hmm.
1: right? He the rear fan that created the vacuum, so that he, sucked it down.
0: Yeah, he just announced a track only version of the car that he calls the T fifty Nicky Lauda. He <laughs> named it after Nikki because the original fan car that he designed, Nikki drove that. Mm -hmm. and uh, just an homage to his friend. Um, And one of the things that uh, he brought up, of course, is even more aero, a little bit more power from the Cosworth engine. Uh, But the streetcar has a conventional manual transmission. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's just more fun. But the race car has this same X-track sequential transmission in it, so it's going to be even faster.
1: I don't... uh I don't know that the sequential is less fun than a conventional. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, I just think on the street, if you're just driving around and you want like a proper manual.
1: Yeah, I get it. But I I really think it's cooler to have. I mean, I'm a kind of little bit of an old motorcycle guy. And I was was just like knowing that the next gear is up or down. You know, there's there's something to that, you know. Um, I mean, it gives you the visual of a stick shift and it mm-hmm. gives you the movement of a stick shift but it's it's just nicer and 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 you don't have the anxiety of not fully knowing if you're dropping it into third or fifth kind of kind of thing right. you yeah. know which is uh which is nice
0: but it it might be a harsher shift right mm-hmm. it's kind of a yeah you know, I'm I mean, unless you get into sort of the paddle shift version of modern cars and some of those still have the gear selector on the, you know, on the center console and you can bump it that way, mm-hmm. you know, up or down. You could just put it in manual mode and bump it up or down. That's as, probably as close to the sequential simulation as you can get. The guy
1: get. who would love that is uh, Mike August. Because he does he sh- that with automatic uh, cars, yeah, he's
0: constantly shifting, his and automatic it's as close
1: as sequential <laughs> as far as the movement goes. Because he's taking the automatics and he's jamming up the yeah. gears, you know, with his hand I- all the time.
0: I guess if he likes to shift it on his own, that's fine.
2: I would argue he's paying a lot more for fuel <laughs> every time we fly out for a trip. August is first off when I will go get the car, and yeah. it's just me and Adam. And I always think, is he getting something? That would be comfortable for us, or is he just trying to get something that he can shift around and that's why he's going <laughs> solo? Well,
1: and he pays a premium in fuel too, because <laughs> okay. when he refuels when he refuels the rental car that takes regular, he yeah. likes to put the super in it. Oh, that's before weird. he returns yeah,
2: it. Yeah, he puts the premium. That's weird.
1: That's a weird move. But also all <laughs> it's that un- shifting is it's unclear whether he knows he does that.
0: I don't know if he, he- do you think he does it on purpose? He can't do it on purpose. He must just think cars run on 91 octane, right? 87, he, he thinks is like for a vintage car or something, <laughs> right? Maybe it's a it's a timeline
1: thing. It's not a no, – The world will never know.
0: No, but also modern-day cars with an automatic transmission, like seven-speed, eight-speed, nine-speed transmissions, you'll go for the first fourth gears within the first 40 miles an hour. Like, it's very smart. It's all about fuel efficiency. And if you smash the throttle, it holds the gears longer. So Mike's theory of shifting on his own around town for 90% of his driving he's probably just wasting fuel by, by n- not letting the thing shift on its own. If shifting on its own is going to be smarter than Mike August.
1: <laughs> well, he'll, he'll get to the smoothie king that much faster if yeah. <laughs> he's shifting in a shaft and doesn't that mode. to jump the dividers.
2: <laughs> There's a barbecue plate
0: or a veggie plate in the back of a comedy club somewhere that he needs to get to right away. <laughs> Something with the stupid oatmeal cookies that nobody likes.
1: Um, so Gordon Murray is going to Build twenty five of those, so it says this. Fifteen have already been sold at four point three million bucks.
0: Yeah, but I put this number in specifically because I th- thought it would catch your interest. Eighteen hundred and seventy eight pounds. He can make a car that weighs less than nineteen hundred pounds. Yeah, right. Like he's all about lightness and stuff. I don't even know what the street car weighs, but it's it's in the two thousands range. It's not. You know, it's not 3,000 pounds. It's, yeah. it's got to be 2,800 pounds or something. It's just yeah. fantastic. And of course, it looks crazy. And Dario Franchini is his right hand man as far as the testing, he's kind of his spokesman, which is great because Dario's fantastic. And Dario, you know, he's tweeting out, he's like, I can't wait to drive it. And he goes, and Gordon Murray was like, You're going to be the first one to drive it right after me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so, beautiful. Yeah, it's kind of cool looking. And, and, just the amount of technology and how he's simplified it to get this whole fan and everything to work uh, is is pretty cool. I, I think when we see the car in person, maybe we'll be able to see one. I'm going to say Monterey, maybe at the Quail. There's got to mm-hmm. be – this thing has to show up at the Quail, right? Yeah. I think it's going to be smaller than we think. Yeah. Although the streetcar is a three-seater,
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: racing car is going to be the two-seater. That's part of the weight reduction. So is it going to be just really short, like a boxer, but really wide, like a McLaren F1?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's got to be small at under 1,900 pounds. Uh, Speaking of not light, you went and drove the Bugatti.
0: I did. I drove the Bugatti Chiron Chiron, Pure Sport, not Chiron, just so we know. Um and uh, it's a very it's a very interesting vehicle. It's it's different than, than what's
1: the what's the sticker?
0: It was it uh, it was it was four million dollars, but it had a two hundred twenty thousand dollar paint job on it. And the reason why is because the body is largely carbon fiber, even though the car weighs a lot. And this had a a it's called the pure sports split, mm-hmm. and it exposes a lot of the carbon fiber. When they paint the vehicle, they don't have to care about the carbon fiber appearance. Mm-hmm. When they expose the carbon fiber, it's a whole different process. Now all the – it has to – like it has the to flow. Has the grain to has to line right, up. Right. It has to be perfect. And that process is more expensive. So uh, it has a $220,000 paint job, which really means less paint. Right. Uh, so it was
1: – More carbon exposed. Yeah,
0: it's $4 million. It's a little bit lighter, fixed wing instead of the active wing. But it weighed 4,300 pounds uh, at $4 million. It's zero to 60 in two and a half seconds. And then – so the the Chiron has – is sort of the middle. That's the one you get. And then the Pure Sport is the more handling-focused one. Mm -hmm. And then there will be a one with a crazier top speed. Mm -hmm. But I think – I think the top speed on this one was like 217 or 227 and the car can do the normal version is 267. And the reason why is it's all gear change. It's all Mm. just gear ratios at this point. Mm. They wanted this one to be a little bit lighter, um, more aggressive gearing and it arguably is more fun to drive, especially around town because it has all the great gearing to cut through the turns. I just did, um, so A two it's 2 hours quicker
1: it's not faster. Right, it's mm-hmm.
0: exactly that. It's quicker and not faster. And the run I did that you're familiar with is uh we started in Santa Monica, drove over for 2 hours, went up PCH, went to Malibu Road, Malibu Road to like Mulholland and then back down to Panga Canyon all the way back down to You PCH. should have gone
1: full Tiger Woods with that <laughs> I thing. <should>
0: have. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw his uh this thing, which everybody thought was the Bentley Bentega, but it was the new Genesis uh, SUV that he was he was driving. Man,
1: I can't afford a Bentley. He That's the driver. <laughs> I don't know. I,
0: actually, he was playing golf yeah. in like a Genesis event, and they gave him the press car. Which uh, it's kind of. Good and bad because um, unfortunately he's hurt, but on the vehicle side, the vehicle is damaged. But also, the vehicle saved his life. They they literally are saying this thing with the airbags and the latest technology, and him rolling down a hill. The airbags stayed inflated for the most of that. Usually, oh, they really? pop and they go away, mm-hmm. and that really saved him. But uh, the Bugatti was nuts. When the Veyron came out, the bosses at Bugatti, you know, in to, to quote the, them were. I want a car that goes 200 miles an hour, and then I want to be able to take the uh, the wife to the opera. And uh-huh. So making power these days seems to be easier, and we can do it. In some crazy vehicles. I drove the Senna and the 760 LT. You know, and it's it's a raw carbon fiber tub. You hear all the little rocks and pebbles, and the seats are kind of uncomfortable, but it's absolutely fun to drive. The Bugatti is as docile and as quiet as anything on the road. But when you smash the throttle, it takes off. It's just an incredible amount of power, and that's where it has
1: well over a thousand horsepower. It's fifteen hundred horsepower. Wow. Wow. It's
0: fifteen hundred horsepower. But the only way to make that stick is if you think of the uh, the like the land speed cars. You need that weight, right? You Mm -hmm. you kind of need that weight to keep that thing on the ground. You watch Mm -hmm. the Indy Five Hundred; they're doing two hundred miles an hour. You know, around in circles, but the slightest little, you know, aggravation that car flies up into the air like a paper airplane, right? So mm-hmm. the Bugatti at 4,300 pounds, they were saying, I'm like, well, how does this thing get to zero to 60 in two and a half seconds? He's like, well, 1,500 horsepower, all wheel drive, tires made specifically for it, and then the weight keeps it planted. And mm-hmm. then it's. It's about putting that power to the ground more than it is making that power, and mm-hmm. and that power is able to move that uh, that weight around. But I was with the Bugatti driver; we just had a conversation the whole time, regardless of what mode we put it in and how we dug into the turns and you know opened that thing up through the tunnels. It's it's cool, but it it kind of feels like almost anyone can drive it. Mm. You know, that's that's the expensive part. That's so where the paddle
1: shifting the whole
0: time. Uh, I I wasn't paddle shifting the whole time, um, but you can. And mm. then well, another interesting feature is the infotainment system doesn't have a big screen on the dash. It's just in the gauge cluster. And mm. the reason why is that designers were saying every time you look into these cars, that's the first thing to get dated mm. was the look of the touchscreen or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this just has a couple of knobs on on a center console, like for AC, and and the knobs actually change configuration. So it's just a, it's a physical tactile knob, and it says AC, but it can switch, you know, it has a little LCD screen, and be like, oh, the AC control became a, you know, a tuning device, you know, mm-hmm. different mode. And then everything is just in the gauge cluster. So when you peek in the car, and the gauges are blacked out, you just see a gauge cluster, and then a couple of, of manual knobs, which I think are, is very cool. Right. The entire audio system is just a tiny on-off button, and then it gets controlled.
1: A lot of off. diamond stitching in there?
0: A lot of diamond stitching, a lot of Alcantara uh, in there. Um, uh, the design of it is very cool. Uh, that it has that big C shape on the side, but um, it has kind of this, this split window, kind of this Pete Brock 63 Corvette split window thing going on mm. um, on the design of it. And uh, I know people are going to like, yeah, oh, you can't see it and whatever out of it. You can kind of see out of it, and it's got digital cameras. And you're in a Bugatti. Sh- uh, you're in a Bugatti, so people see you, right? <laughs> right. So everyone's stopping and looking at it. We pulled it over at the beach area to take photos of it. And what was just,
1: the color scheme?
0: It was. Uh, it was a gray and black with an orange accent stripes. It was. Um. It's. It's good.
1: It's orange is the new color and the new accent color yeah. everyone's all up in orange
0: yeah now. it's kind of the new red accent color you need to do mm-hmm. like a red mirror or, or right. red calipers so you can do the orange stuff on it now mm-hmm. you know it's interesting you say that because the the mustang Mach one the, the you know that i ordered has the appearance package and it has orange stripes and the orange calipers yeah that's, that's the accent color that they're doing
1: all right, I mean, it's cool.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, it's 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 fantastic.
1: All right, let me hit uh, Geico here. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, and uh, you probably like to get a little bundle going with your automotive policy, so you can save a bunch of dough at Geico. When you bundle those policies, it's a good thing too, because you already got so much to do around the house. Go to Geico dot com, get a quote, see just how much you could save when uh, Geico makes it easy for you to bundle. So go to geico.com and get your bundle on, yo. Uh, all right, so I'm looking here, and it's showing that uh, Gunther Works, who builds Porsches. I don't know if you've seen this. Porsches.
0: Have you seen the Gunther Works cars? They take the 993s, and they do a great job, full carbon fiber bodies. I think you and I saw one at our last SEMA show. It might have been like the Meguiar's paint booth, like, you know, the detailing booth, Meguiar's detailing booth. And so they came out with this Speedster, this 993 mm-hmm. Speedster. And when the, the model year of this car, Porsche only made two. They gave Ferdinand Porsche one for his 60th birthday.
1: For the 993.
0: Yeah, for the 993 Speedster. Uh-huh. And then uh, Seinfeld had a 993 Porsche. He sent it to back to the factory, had it made into a, a, a Speedster. So only two of them Exist. Mm-hmm. One is in Seinfeld's collection. The other one pops up occasionally in the Porsche Museum. Mm. So, the guys looking. Said, Yeah, the Gunther Works guy said, Hey, what's our, you know, not to steal a singer war, what's our reimagined version of this car? And this is what they came up with. I think it's going to be somewhere priced like their coupe. So, probably expect in the high fours, almost 500 grand. I'm sure the body's all carbon fiber. Um, I love the cowls behind the uh, behind the headrests. And, mm-hmm. You know, sort of a rollover protection bar that's going on. It's 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 cool. I, I would say, as much as we're fans of the Singer cars, get up on one of these Guntherwork cars and see the quality. It's it's nice. These things are really fantastic. I thought you saw it at uh, SEMA when we were walking around.
1: It doesn't seem that familiar but you know i was As running well. and running and running that day probably
0: yeah we had a bunch of stuff that day but everything that they've they've done on um, you know the engine i think they do like a 400 horse 425 horse naturally aspirated engine mm-hmm. which i think back in the day the 993 turbo was about 400 mm-hmm. yeah uh, so they do their their version of it yeah and uh that's you all. Know, it
1: looks cool. It looks it looks good. So you know, yeah, it'll be lightweight because it's all carbon fiber.
0: You know, when last week we talked about Porsche announcing the the new GT three, but mm-hmm. the the other part of that that press announcement was, you know, we're starting to see politicians saying, you know, uh, you know, I was talking to Alistair Weaver earlier in the week, and I'm going, hey, why why is EV the big push? you know and he's like well all the pis- all the politicians pushed diesel because diesel was supposed to be cleaner and then dieselgate happened and then that got dropped very quickly so now they're all getting behind EV mostly because of the electric yeah just mostly because of you know yeah yeah there are some benefits of course but we don't really know exactly what it's going to cost to charge all of these cars and and you know he said hey i've got a tesla and He had an electrician come and tell him it's $3,000 to put a 50-amp, 240, you know, 220 system. And he's like, well, $3,000 sort of defeats the purpose of the fuel I was going to be saving on the lease. So Porsche has said that they're committing to uh, an alternative fuel. Um, It's hydrogen, carbon dioxide-based. Now, this isn't the way we understood it. It's not to be confused with a hydrogen-powered car like like the Mirai. It's a liquid fuel.
1: Was that a Toyota? Yeah. Okay.
0: And and um and Honda has one too. I forgot. Mm-hmm. The, I forgot what yeah. they call it. Um, and you know back BMW experimented with that. Is a liquid fuel that is clean burning, not a hundred percent, but like eighty something percent cleaner than what we're burning now. Mm-hmm. And they're saying we could roll this out, and I guess it would potentially work in many of the combustion engine cars we have now. Mm -hmm. So they're saying... So in Europe, there's the e-fuel alliance. Mazda was the first manufacturer to join that alliance to commit Mm -hmm. to an alternative fuel. Mm Porsche is doing a lot. I assume they're going to join it uh, next. Mm -hmm. But they said they're going to roll out this fuel as soon as 2022 in Mm -hmm. their motorsports and their Porsche experience centers. Mm They're those locations. They said Mm -hmm. those locations use... 34,000 gallons of fuel a year. They're going to switch it all over to their alternative fuel, which implies to me that this is potentially just a pump fuel alternative, right? It doesn't Mm – like, you know, even when we look at E85, you know – there's the corrosion stuff, there's it's less efficient, you need bigger fuel pumps. And I think they're trying to get as close to an apples to apples comparison. I don't know what the octane rating's gonna be. I don't know if you have to change fuel pumps or injector sizes or whatever. Um and maybe it doesn't work on cars, you know, without certain knock sensors, you know, cars twenty years old, modern, but twenty years. Maybe it's the last ten years. But
1: I wonder uh, where it's derived from.
0: Um I they're they're saying hydrogen and carbon dioxide and then some other ingredients but they said that our current fuel is what 30 40 ingredients this is going to be like 10
1: well it's interesting and you know if you think about the infrastructure of all the gas stations all the pumps and everything that are all over the world uh obviously if you switch over to electric that's all they're all out of business um so it kind of, and, you know, you also have to kind of think about like all, you take Los Angeles, like all the people who live in apartments, mm-hmm. you know, little apartments, how could they all charge their cars up, you know, with, right. and especially we have a horrible electrical grid. So if they could swap out what's coming out of the pump right now with this or something like it, that would buy us probably another decade to put the finishing touches well, on the electric cars certainly, or I the mean, infrastructure. I
0: mean, right now, all the politicians can do, and all we can do, all of us, is look forward and go, hey, maybe we should start moving to EV, and maybe certain countries are going to say it needs to be EV only. And mm-hmm. you know, California is saying no combustion engines can be sold, but what about all the combustion engines that are out there? And right. Alistair pointed out that, The life cycle of of a car on on average is twenty years. Mm -hmm. You know whether Mm -hmm. you you don't own it for twenty years, but like how until it's basically gone, twenty years. So even if there's an initiative to go, oh well, EV cars need to be you know the standard in twenty years from now. We're still going to have at least twenty years. Forget the collectors and us and whatever. But if there was a clean alternative that I can run in older cars 10 20 year cars and if there was a benefit it was you know whatever it was clean burning it didn't really make that from a difference you can go to gas stations and they all started moving toward this type of thing and it'd be cool if you know knowing porsche they're going to be like well if we're going to do it we're going to come up with some sort of 93 97 98 octane version mm-hmm. <laughs> right because i don't think porsche sure. wants to invent an eighty. 80- you know, octane octane version of it. So I don't know. It just seems kind of interesting that all the hype is around EV, but it doesn't have to be EV. Like, we got some pretty smart people out there that are coming up with some other
1: things. All right. Why don't you hit your last Dodge?
0: Yeah, you know, Dodge has officially opened the order books of the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. This is the most powerful SUV ever. And exclusive for 2021, it features 710-horsepower engine. I know this thing scoots around to 0 to 60 in three and a half seconds, and it's going to be limited production. They're only going to get 2,000 of them made, so you better get out there and hurry. Uh, it's got a new aggressive exterior styling, new interior with a driver-centric cockpit, and all buyers will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Bondurant High-Performance Driving School. Good. Yeah, you're going to need it. (laughs) Uh, Deliveries begin early this year, so uh, uh, rush in and and get your order in right away. You know, Dodge is ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule your test drive.
1: All right, I'm going to be at the Bricktown Comedy Club tonight and then Saturday. I'm going to do a live pod there tonight. has got Kyle Dunnigan, always brings it, and then a stand-up late. I think tickets are about sold out, so you better better get on that if you want to come out and say hi tonight. And Oklahoma City, Reno, Virginia Street Brew House going to be there March 19th and 20th, and then Los Angeles, Jam in the Van, Speakeasy, March 25th couple of shows <laughs> adam ray's gonna be there free mangria and cannabis with uh, every purchase as well waukegan genesee theater may six so come on out and say hi or go to amcorolla.com for all the dates what do you got matt
0: yeah just follow me at motorator on social media i'm posting all kinds of fun
1: stuff so till next time adam corolla for matt the motorator DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel
2: Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.
1: Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com.